Hello, teacher friends, and welcome. This is episode number 25. That feels like kind of a big deal, right? (laughs) But anyway, episode number 25 of the Beyond Measure podcast. And my name is Christina Whitlock, and I host this happy little place on the airwaves. Um, I'm here whenever you need me as your anytime piano teacher friend. Today, we are talking about the small stuff. And every time I say the small stuff, I want you to picture capital T, capital S, capital S, right? Capitalized, the small stuff, proper. (laughs) I can't talk about small stuff without thinking about a little book that was popular several years ago. Um, It was called Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, and It's All Small Stuff. (laughs) It was a book by Richard Carlson, and the subtitle reads, Simple Ways to Keep the Little Things from Taking Over Your Life. It was essentially a battle cry for a less anxious lifestyle. So it sought to convince us that we should stop putting our attention you know, on the things that are of little consequence in the overall scheme of our lives. And that sounds great, right? Because I don't really disagree. You know, when I'm evaluating decisions in my own life, one reminder that always helps me is to choose to focus my efforts on things that will last. To me, that feels like the big stuff. But all of that said, I think that a lot of our success as teachers involves paying attention to the small stuff. (laughs) There's a quote by Catherine Wallace that floats around the internet, and I've always loved it. She says, listen earnestly to anything children want to tell you, no matter what. If you don't listen eagerly to the little stuff when they are little, they won't tell you the big stuff when they are big, because to them, it has always been big stuff. In a nutshell, friends, when you're dealing with children, it's all big stuff. I know we all laugh about how long it can take a young student like to choose the perfect sticker or decide what they're going to wear for the recital or choose a scale when they're given the choice to do so. But we must always remember that as adults, whether we realize it or not, we have been trained already to look at things as the big picture. You know, we have lived enough life to understand the concept of perspective, priorities, consequence, all of those things. But that is not an understanding that young people have. Sure, they're learning, but we cannot expect them to understand the difference between the small stuff and the big stuff. Because again, to them, it's all big stuff. 
hang with me here. (laughs) This is why it is so important that our students feel empowered and capable at every level of their musical study. The number of students who are going to have that tenacity to stick it out on their instrument simply by being told that it's going to get better or just wait until you can do this and then you can really do that. Well, that is just not a lot of students. (laughs) The small stuff really is the big stuff. They don't know the future path of their studies like we do. They don't know that that articulation they're learning today is ultimately going to be used to perfect their phrasing in advanced repertoire. We know those things, but they don't. They just know that that's what they're working on in that moment. So each skill, each practice technique, each rehearsal, that's what they know. This is why students often feel so defeated after just a single lackluster performance. They don't see their musical journey on a broad scale. They don't see it as one blip, you know, one bad performance out of 20 great performances. All they know is that they feel defeated at that moment. End of story. Of course, over time, music study becomes this incredible vehicle to help prove to our students the importance of that perspective that we have. I think we can all go to sleep tonight and pat ourselves on the back that we are contributing to lives each week in a way that is going to help them develop the ability to plan things long term and to develop an appreciation for investment (laughs) for perspective that one bad performance doesn't make them a bad musician. I mean, that's incredible. And we get to play a really important part in that. And for the record, of course, as teachers, we do have to keep our eyes on the big picture for our students. But we can't give the gift of perspective to our students if we don't keep them in our studios. (laughs) And that, my friends, is where my obsession with the small stuff enters. A few years ago, I spent quite a bit of time collaborating with a local middle school choir. I will say this, if you don't already know it, (laughs) middle school choir and band directors are angels on earth. (laughs) I've been fortunate to work with several of them very closely in my lifetime, and I just have so much respect for what they are able to balance. The music made by students at those ages, you know, which is probably the most awkward point in their entire lives, well, that music really just touches my soul on a really deep level. But even beyond that, Just maintaining a basic sense of order in the classroom at that middle school age is a pretty Herculean feat, if you ask me. (laughs) So anyway, I say this because one particular rehearsal, students entered in the choir room just after lunch, and as you would expect, the energy level was really high. 
The director quieted her students. She was giving them some directions for rehearsal that day, and she asked if there were any questions. Several students raised their hands and started asking course-related questions. And then, out of nowhere, one young lady raised her hand and she simply said, I don't have a question, but I just have to tell you that I got a sucker at lunch and it was my favorite flavor of all time. (laughs) I'm sure I don't have to tell you that these types of random sentiments are a pretty common occurrence at that age. But while most of us might be tempted to roll our eyes and tell the student to stay focused on the task at hand, (laughs) this brilliant director simply looked the girl in her eyes and said, wow, I'm really happy for you, (laughs) and moved right on. To me, this is such a good example of not dismissing the small stuff. Had the teacher expressed frustration over the randomness of her comment, (laughs) this student would have felt some combination of maybe rejection, embarrassment, or frustration, you know, all kinds of things. But instead, simply by choosing to acknowledge this comment, that student felt seen, acknowledged, and for the record, everyone smiled when she made that announcement So she got to share good news with the class. And I mean, for the record, I think that's something we all could use more of. Let me give you another non-musical example. So a few years back, my daughter had begged me to let her bring in her birthday cupcakes to class on the very first day of school. So I lugged 24 cupcakes to the front office on what has to be the craziest day of the entire school year. That front office area was packed with students and parents and all kinds of activity. You know, you had lots of families who, like, hadn't registered ahead of time like they were supposed to, or people trying to find out where their teachers were and their room assignments, and you had nervous parents and excited kids. You name it, they were all there. (laughs) And there I was, just waiting on my turn to drop these cupcakes off at the front desk, and I started watching our two superstar secretaries handle all of this chaos with superhuman skill. So just as I was almost to the front desk, I watched as a secretary was helping get a new student registered, and the parent was not being particularly helpful, and I'm quite sure the secretary was secretly sweating bullets. But There was a point at which she was helping try to guide this little guy in the right direction, and she placed her hands on his shoulders so he wouldn't get lost in the crowd. She started guiding him to his classroom, but then she paused for a moment. She spun around and she knelt down in front of him, all in the middle of this total chaos, and she looked him in the eye and she said, kindergarten, huh? You must be so excited. I watched this little boy's body right in front of me, you know, completely change. He all of a sudden, like, melted his tension away. He smiled, 
and he just enthusiastically nodded his head at her. And I can't tell you how moved I was by watching that moment unfold. You know, it was a situation where I'm sure she felt pressure of time and chaos and noise and frustration. And yet she took this moment to look at this little guy in his eyes and acknowledge what he must be feeling. And that moment has spoken so many life lessons to me over and over again. So, my friends, my question is this. How good are you at acknowledging the small stuff in your musical studies? So, first of all, I just want to say, of course, this has to be approached with a careful balance. We do have tasks and goals and expectations that we have to keep in our lessons. So regardless of how solid our relationship is with our students, if we're not getting the work done, they are not going to stay. But have you ever asked a student how that science presentation they were working on last week went or if their team won the championship basketball game? If so, you can often see a tiny little spark in your students' eyes when they realize that you remembered that thing that was so important to them a week before. You know, right now, with all of my students still being online, I have several littles who love to show me their favorite toys or books, games, pets, you name it. (laughs) Each week, it's like a new show and tell. And I think it's really easy to feel like these things are distractions or wastes of time. But really, you know, that student is secretly telling me that they want to share their favorite things with me. They're opening up to me. And as long as you can still find that balance, between letting them know that you are invested in them, that you do care about them, but that you also want to get that work done, then, I mean, really, that's as good as it gets, my friend. As I say this, I know exactly what you naysayers are thinking. (laughs) You're thinking about parents. (laughs) Because parents often panic when they see or hear their students wandering off topic, right? (laughs) I actually begin all of my studio relationships by letting parents know that I see chit-chat as a really important part of the teacher-student relationship. I am really upfront that I need students to trust me, and part of that trust comes from allowing them to open up to me about things that matter. But I will also say this, From the parent angle, I can tell you this is really hard. (laughs) We really want our kids to learn to stay on task. And also, of course, at first glance, it's hard not to feel like you must not be getting the most for your money if you think your kid is, quote unquote, wasting time. 
This is where you really need to keep the perspective that we talked about in episode 11 (laughs) that was believing the best in your studio families. And, you know, just try including a lighthearted reminder that a small amount of conversation is good for establishing positive student relationships in your studio. One last note. I would argue that this idea of paying attention to the small stuff is true really at any age when it comes to music study. Regardless of how old or young a student is, when they make a comment, even if they say it really casually or in passing, you know, if they make a comment about how uncomfortable a hand position is or how frustrated they're feeling or that they feel really apprehensive about an upcoming performance, be really careful not to dismiss their feelings. Pay attention to that stuff that seems small because, like we've said today, it might be bigger than you think. It's not easy, my friends. So allow me to bolster you by sending you off today with a toast. (laughs) Raise your glasses now. (laughs) Music teacher, friends of the world, this is me raising my glass to you today. Because you know and I know that no one knows how many considerations you work through to make a successful lesson experience for your students. It is so easy to feel like your efforts are going unnoticed, but I'm here to tell you, I see you. (laughs) This is me celebrating you for the way that you constantly work to empower and encourage your students. And today, We are going to renew our commitment to paying attention to the small stuff as often as we can. Not in a way that causes us to get bogged down in ridiculous details, but in a way that allows us to see concerns and opportunities for what they really are. After all, the small stuff is, oh so often, also the big stuff. (laughs) Cheers to you, my friends. Hear, hear. Hey, that's a wrap on episode 25. I want to thank you for joining me and helping to cheerlead me along this endeavor. (laughs) I'll tell you, I received the loveliest review on Apple Podcasts this week from a Janice Marie, who said all kinds of wonderful things about this program, including the fact that this is the highlight of her morning run. So, Janice, if you're listening today, you are amazing. (laughs) Thank you for throwing me positive feedback. And I think you are a superstar for getting that run in today. (laughs) So, if you want to be cool like Janice, make sure you leave me a positive review on Apple Podcasts. 
and maybe I'll send you a shout out on a future episode. <laughs> Make sure you're following me um, at Beyond Measure Podcast. That's on Instagram and on Facebook. And you can always send me an email at Beyond Measure Podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> There is so much excitement in the air, my friends. <laughs> I hope you are feeling it, and I hope you're ready to make this week your best one yet. So until we chat again, keep on shining.